Here's what's coming up on today's show. In our book and in our program, this is the number one step that we recommend everybody take to protect their identity. Because again, we're operating under the assumption that our information is out there. What can we do to protect ourselves? We can lock down and freeze our credit. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John I. Marino, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host on the East Coast, Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Good, good. I'm getting a little, uh, it's back to being cloudy here. Uh, I feel like I'm living in Washington. The San Diego tax is not worth it. We've been rained on for like the last three weeks, it seems like. Well, so. you could get your, uh, get your county to... Uh secede over to arizona or something like that yeah yeah so like they're doing up in washington glad we're uh we're probably not conserving all the water we're getting either but i i digress that's california so um yeah, at least you guys have honest elections over there yeah <laughs> yeah right so folks um we're getting into tax season and you know we're Tom and I are familiar with taxes being from uh, the states we we work in and live in. Uh, but one thing that goes in hand in hand in tax season is identity theft and scam. So on today's episode, we have a great, great guest, and we're going to talk about hack-proofing your life. So I would like to talk a little bit about our guest. I've known her uh a little over a year, been working with her. She's the associate editor at Horse's Mouth, which is essentially a mastermind group uh, for financial planners across the country. Uh, much like uh, like Tom belongs to, to Ed Slot, um, that's one of the groups that I belong to, Horse's Mouth, and they offer training, you know, in all regards of financial aspects, long-term care, Social Security, uh, tax, and IRA. And uh, Devin, our, our guest, is the expert who teaches cybersecurity for financial advisors. And she has her Bachelor of Arts in Eng English Language and Literature from the State University of New York at Binghamton. And uh, she is a wealth of knowledge. She also helps me a, a lot with a lot of my marketing. And she is the author of Hack Proof Your Life Now, a highly rated book on Amazon, and it was actually rated uh, by the Independent Book Publishers Association as best new reference. So I am very excited to welcome to the show Mrs. Devin Crop. And today's guest, the associate editor at Horse's Mouth, Devin Crop. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, Devin. We're really excited to have you on. And uh, I know you're on the East Coast uh, along with Tommy. Yeah. That I am. I'm coming to us from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, well, all right. So maybe not so great. If you, if you told everybody <laughs> you were really from New Jersey, then, uh, you know, we might let you slide on that one. <laughs> so um, 
it was earlier in the year that Devin and I were, we were actually talking about some marketing issues uh, and, and some things that I wanted to do this year for our clients. And we started talking about uh, identity theft. And I've, I've read her book, Hack Proof uh, Your Life Now. And I also have had her training. And so I asked Devin, hey, you know, this is becoming a ma ma major issue. And, and being former law enforcement, having friends who are economic crimes detectives, they see it all the time. So, you know, as Tommy and I always talk about, this show is meant to give people peace of mind and to retire happy. And we really want to try to protect your financial future and give you financial freedom in all in all elements. And obviously, getting hacked, getting your identity stolen, or having your bank accounts drained will not help your peace of mind. So, Devin, with that, how many scams? I, I read in, in your training that there's about a uh, identity theft scam that happens every two seconds in this country. So how many amount of scams are actually out there every year? Oh, it is just so many. I think the latest number from um, the FTC is close to two and a half million um, reports of fraud in 2022. Um, but of course, that's only counting everything that gets reported, which I think is really only a small sampling. Um, of frauds and hacks and scams that we see. I mean, I can speak for myself. Um, you know, the text message scams that come in have been growing exponentially. People I know, myself included, are getting those, you know, multiple times a week, email scams coming through. So it's really hard to even put a number on it, but there are stats out there that say, yes, you know, one person will fall victim to an identity theft hack um, every few seconds in this country. And, you know, these, they're getting to be a lot more sophisticated. Some of some of them are, you know, obviously pretty out there, um, but they are getting more sophisticated, and and they're targeting retirees. And you know, it's my belief, and just kind of through my, you know, expertise in in the criminal behavior and, and motive is like, hey, listen, they know that uh, retirees have a lot of money, a lot of access to a lot of money. And, you know, they also uh, understand that uh, retirees can be susceptible to, uh, you know, elder abuse type of scams. So with that, Devin, what do you really see and what do retirees need to protect as they're coming into retirement? That's a great question. And unfortunately, is you know, very, very true that we see a big number of scams that are targeted at retirees, specifically, um, you know, the elderly um, taking advantage of, you know, the urgency around retirement, um, and, you know, some of maybe the uh, tech literacy not not being there for some some older folks. Um, but for those who are now kind of entering retirement, there are some things you definitely want to be aware of. We have seen an uptick in uh, kind of hacks of 401k accounts, unfortunately, where um, hackers are actually able to get into a 401k plan website and redirect um, money from a retirement account that is supposed to go to your account um, to, to themselves. Uh, we see that happen through something called phishing attacks, which are basically uh, emails that are 
appear to come from your 401k plan, a legitimate company. Um, it could ask you that you need to reset your password, click on a link, you do so. Um, and when you enter that password, you're really giving it to a hacker who then goes into your account and can make all these changes. So we see kind of this 401k scam happening um, at a increasing rate. It's still not one of the most widespread scams, but it is something that people need to be aware of um, and take some action to protect their 401k account, meaning using a strong and unique password, enabling two-factor authentication on those accounts. That is, um, you know, when you get that text message code in order to log into an account. So you need to enter your password and then a code is texted to you and then you enter that code to get into your account. That's really important for any sensitive accounts like this, because if your password is compromised in some way, the hacker still will not be able to enter your account and make any changes that we see there. So number one, that's one scam that retirees need to be aware of around their 401k. And then unfortunately, we see a lot of scams around Social Security and Medicare as well. Uh, we recommend in our Social Security training here at Horses Mouth that you know, everyone out there, regardless of your age and regardless if you're ready for retirement, um, that they make an account on the Social Security website um, because we do see hacks where um, hackers go in and make accounts for people um, that have not made an account for themselves yet and they can go in and actually, you know, change things or move money um, that's supposed to be going again to your account somewhere else um, and just some various kind of scams associated with that. So we do recommend people go in and, and make their account even if they are nowhere near retirement age, there's no harm in doing it. And then like I said too, we see a lot of Medicare scams too, um, you know, hackers trying to get that Medicare information. Um, so it's really important to be on the lookout for any kind of strange messages around those programs. Um, and just keep in mind that any government agency, um, Social Security Administration, Medicare, the IRS, they are not going to reach out to you via text or email. All of those communications always come, um, you know, via the Postal Service mail. Yeah. And the IRS, as, as you mentioned, will not make a phone call either. Um, and they right. will not bring the, the cops to your house to serve a warrant on you. I never had that happen in 20 years. So um, they're going to always send you correspondence via via uh, the mail. And we'll talk about the phishing and a little bit the email phishing and, and kind of some things to spot on that. But um, Tommy, why don't you take us into our next uh, segment since we're talking about the IRS? Yeah, so I, I can give you an experience from a, from a client where uh, they mailed out their tax payment and their mail was stolen and their check was bleached. And uh, uh, the, the um, client ended, ended up having to file a police report, but these people uh, changed the name from IRS to some other, you know, to some other name and were able to cash a check. So that's another thing that people need to be aware of is that there are people out there stealing your mail and breaking into, and especially now tax season, they're, you know, they're, they're ripping open your mail and uh, bleaching checks and things of that nature. So you have to be very careful about how, when, where you're, you're uh, depositing your mail. But I know there's also, Devin, there's a, a lot of uh, corporate breaches as well. Uh, one of my brothers used to work for the Federal Reserve and he, uh, he was in their cybersecurity area and he said there was over a million hack attempts a day uh, just mm -hmm. on the Federal Reserve. So um, tell us a little bit about the corporate breaches that are going on these days. Yeah, there are, are truly um, so many. You know, we 
started our, our cybersecurity program here at Horse's Mouth in 2013. Um, and actually the catalyst for us coming out with this program was the big target breach that happened that year. I don't know if you remember, but basically mm-hmm. um, Target, one of Target's third party companies that they use for their HVAC system was hacked. And then the hackers were able to go from that kind of small third party into Target's uh, network and basically exposed millions of uh, consumers credit card information and personal information. Um, And since then, I think the corporate breaches have just grown exponentially. I think, you know, every week we're seeing new headlines. And in our cybersecurity program and in our Hack Proof Our Life book, um, we kind of operate under the idea that your personal information has been breached and is already out there. There really isn't anything we can do at this point to stop our information from getting out there, but there are actions you can take to protect your information now that it has been exposed. Because like you were just saying, every every company is under attack, hospitals are under attack, um, schools are under attack. So there, it's really quite impossible to protect your data when all of these corporations have it, right? We're such a connected society now where we're doing business online, your credit card is being used at different stores. Um, and, you know, unless you go totally off the grid, you can't, you know, prevent that from happening. But we've seen some recent breaches, um, you know, in the millions of people who are affected. So we need to operate under the assumption that our information has been exposed and what can we do now to protect ourselves? Yeah. So a lot of people are using things like, uh, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, Zella and other, um, I guess, automatic or online payment programs. How, how safe would you say those are? Yeah, so them and them, the programs in themselves, things like Zelle and Venmo, um, you know, there are risks, of course, with using any sort of online payment app. Um, and there are certainly scams that exist around these kind of apps, because again, hackers are going to take advantage of um, programs that are easy for people to use and make their lives easier. So we have seen a rise in um, Zelle payment fraud scams. And I would say the apps themselves aren't inherently unsafe. Of course, there's some risk in, um, you know, using an app with your bank account information that that just exists. But we haven't seen, you know, scams originating from Venmo or Zelle. It's from attackers who are taking advantage of this kind of peer to peer payment issue. Um, with that being said, we have seen um, an increase in Zelle payment fraud. Um, and that's again, because hackers are going in and kind of um, creating these scams where they're, um, you know, sending these fake messages about confirming a payment, they click on the link, you know, they pretend to be the hacker pretends to be the bank when they call and they're able to get, you know, credit card information or debit card or bank information to reverse the quote unquote fraudulent charge that never actually occurred. Um, So we do see um, a lot of scams coming along with these um, kind of payment apps. So it's really important, number one, to be extremely careful when you're using these sorts of things. Um, I recommend if you use, you know, Venmo or Zelle, you can disconnect your bank account um, when you're not using it that's a smart move. Um, it takes an extra step when you do want to send payment that you have to re-enter that information, but not storing it in the app, I think it is wise. Um, using things like two-factor authentication, again, to lock down your account and being really sure about who you're sending money to um, and confirming that it's the correct person. And of course, if you get kind of these unsolicited messages to not just immediately start taking action, you want to kind of investigate it further. 
because unfortunately we definitely do see scams around this. I think uh, a Senate report on Zelle found that there was over 200 million in reported fraud on the app last year. So it is definitely a problem. You know, and that goes back to when we would have a lot of identity theft um, that we were investigating or, or taking the initial reports on. Uh, you know, a lot of that stemmed from you know, kind of going a little bit older school, the debit card. And whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, people would be, you know, they'd have the, the card readers at the, the gas stations and they would, you know, kind of just have a recording device and they'd get everyone's PIN number when they're were, they're typing them in. And I've always told people, listen, it's better to use a credit card and have that hacked uh, than a debit yes. card because then the credit card company has their own layer of protection. And, you know, you're just saying, hey, I didn't make these charges and they'll go to bat versus getting your bank account drained and then trying to get the money back. You know, and that's why I think we're definitely seeing a, a big attack on Zelle because it is, is it's basically that online debit card. Right. Now, another interesting breach, and, and you had mentioned it earlier, where they're trying to get your password. And, and I'm a big advocate of having a password manager, um, you know, or a password vault. And you should never have, mm-hmm. especially should never have your financial accounts have the same passwords as your your online accounts and um, right. you know whether it's you know Netflix or, or whatever you're doing but there was just a data breach not too too long ago on LastPass which is a password mm-hmm. manager you you want to talk about the how how familiar with that are you yeah, I am pretty familiar. We, um, you know, in our, our book, Hack Proof Your Life Now, we we also are big fans of a password manager, uh, password vault. Given the number of online accounts that every individual has these days, um, it's impossible for you to have strong, unique passwords for all of them without some sort of management system. Um, and we did go through and in our book and in our program, we did recommend a couple of password managers that we, at the time, we had vetted and, and thought were really good. And LastPass was one of them. And so we have gone back with our online materials um, and kind of, you know, revised that to say we can no longer recommend LastPass because of the breach um, that you're speaking about. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, we have seen attacks on password managers before, but they were never able to access those master passwords, which are, um, you know, the keys to the vault, if you will, right? That's what protects everyone's accounts um, that are, are saved within the password manager. Unfortunately, with this last attack on LastPass, those master passwords were exposed, meaning that uh, LastPass users would have to go in and basically change every single password for every account that they stored in their LastPass vault. Um, so we had to go back and kind of say, we we no longer recommend them because this is a really detrimental breach. And again, the whole point of, of LastPass and the password manager is to protect those passwords. And, and they failed at doing that, unfortunately. Right. And, you know, you brought up the, the good thing, though, that you do recommend, um, because even in, in the last past case, if you have two factor identity or authentication, then mm-hmm. even though even if they do have the password, then, yes, you have to go through the annoying uh, text message or email message. But it's, it's extremely important. And, you know, one thing I loved in your book is how you talked about having different emails. And I know everyone has, you know, multiple email addresses you have, you know, the email addresses that you want to get for your free stuff and then your personal. Um, but you really should just have an email for separately for your financial account. So that's something that I never really thought about. I always thought about, okay, have a, have an email 
that you're going to take serious and look at then have your you know marketing email your you know the the I want mm-hmm. just to get that free download but having one you know in in your training you said have one specifically for your financial accounts and that is is a big thing you know to help against email phishing right right and, and like i said earlier we have to operate under the assumption that our personal information is out there right our email addresses are attached to so many online accounts now that it's always at risk of getting hacked, right? It's out there so much. Those phishing messages are going to come to your regular email address. If we just have an email address that is for our financial accounts and we don't use it anywhere else, um, you know, you're hopefully going to avoid the kind of plethora of phishing emails that go through to your to your regular account. Now, you may be sitting here saying, you know, I don't ever get any phishing emails, and that's probably because your spam filter is catching a lot of them. But um, as you said, John, in the kind of the earlier part of this episode, um, these scams, these phishing messages are becoming so, so sophisticated. Almost every major corporate breach, going back to that topic too, occurs because an employee clicked on a, on a phishing email um, and you know exposed the company's network to hackers. And so um, companies, corporations need to be aware of this, individuals need to be aware of this. Those emails that come through asking you to click on a link um, and then malwares, you know, download on your machine or you're exposing your passwords. We need to be hyper vigilant um, around those emails and, and make sure that we're taking a closer look at any messages that we get. In our in our book, we have a little acronym called email. It stands for examine message and inspect link, um, which means kind of take a closer look at those emails you're getting um, that might say, you know, you need to update your account right now, or it looks like it's from the IRS or from American Express or, you know, whatever company out there. Um, Look for kind of signs that things might be off. Again, certain companies are never going to reach out to you via email for, you know, things like your taxes or, you know, credit card companies. They usually reach out to you over the phone. You want to take a closer look at the sender and make sure that it's really coming from the company that it claims to be. You want to look at those links and make sure that it's really forwarding you to that website. And when you're in doubt, delete that email and call the company by the number that you find on Google or the back of your credit card. Um, Never call the number that's in the email because they can spoof that too. Um, But just be really um, vigilant about those emails that come in. And if anything seems off to you, you can always call the company and confirm that they reached out to you with that message. And not only on the emails, but the text messages too. They're they're becoming far more sophisticated uh, as well. Yes. Yeah, I actually just had a a family member reach out to me um, over the weekend because they got, you know, a text message that said their Amazon account was locked. It was a scam. And luckily, they didn't click on anything. And I was kind of able to say, no, 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 it wasn't anything. It's just a scam. But I see those messages come in, you know, on a weekly basis now, probably be Amazon or Netflix or or whatnot, um, telling you accounts been locked, you need to update something. And all they're looking for um, is that password or, you know, financial information from you. I got one of those not too long ago, they told me I won uh, an $18 million grand prize. Um, And when I (laughs) when I called them, when I called them, they said it would only cost me $1,100 to get it. And so when I asked the guy, it was weird because when I asked the guy for his um, routing number and his account number for me to send it, he hung up. It was weird. I don't know why he did. <laughs> well, and, and you know, you bring up another good, you know, in, in terms of Amazon or Netflix, you know, if you get those lockout accounts, one of the easiest things to make sure your account's actually locked out is go log on to your Netflix yes. account. Yes. You know, and, and yes. it's going to tell you right then and there. And and again, a lot of these companies are not 
contacting you via text. So yes, you know, aside from it being a, a two-factor authentication, I think is uh, even in the business world that that we're all in, we never see business texts unless it's some type of notification that you know you've set up. Um, right. or, uh, or the authentication text. So, um, you know, in, in one way you, you talk about the email phishing Brookstone capital management just had a, you know, uh, a training way. I think it was last week. They sent out the video, Tommy about, Hey, listen, um, Dean is not sending everybody emails. Um, because again, they, you know, they, they had someone where they were trying to, you know, uh, spoof the Brookstone Capital Management, and, and the very, you know, it was a very elaborate email system where they, you know, typed in the text, and and you know, part of that is examining and kind of hovering over the email link and mm-hmm. seeing, oh, this wasn't from Brookstone Capital Management. This was from, uh, you know, whatever the crazy email address is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, obviously, you got to examine the, the links and, and examine the emails, uh, senders. The other thing, you know, a lot of people do is, you know, they go get their coffee at the cafe and they're like, oh, I'm going to use this free Wi-Fi. And oh, in your book, God. you know, in your book, you have a chapter just for this and in, in which you call the Wi-Fi, the honeypot of hackers. So... Uh, should you use public Wi-Fi? So I'll have two parts to this answer. If you are just kind of browsing the internet, reading some articles, checking your social medias, sure, you can log on to that public Wi-Fi um, and, and probably be okay. However, if you are sitting in a coffee shop and you're planning on checking your personal email, logging into your bank account, um, you should not be doing that on that free public Wi-Fi. The reason being is that number one, anyone can log into that Wi-Fi who is in that store. And hackers have various ways of kind of hacking into that network and being able to see everything that you do on your computer if they want to, meaning that they can, uh, you know, get your passwords, um, your bank account information, your email. So again, um, that's why we say kind of there's two levels of risk here, right? If you're just kind of reading an article online and you want to log on, that's that's okay. Um, that's fine. But if you are doing any sort of sensitive banking information, even if you're online shopping and you're going to enter your credit card, you do not want to be doing that on public Wi-Fi. Now, there is kind of a solution to this. If you use something called a virtual private network or a VPN um, and you log on to that, that makes that public Wi-Fi safe for you because a VPN essentially creates kind of a private tunnel from your device to the internet. So even though you're on that public Wi-Fi, um, all of your information is being sent in this private tunnel, which can't be accessed. So would... um the Zella or the Venmo uh, be included in that? If you're at Dunkin' Donuts and you're buying something and you're going to you're going to use your phone to make a payment, and I guess a lot of people do use the Wi-Fi. Is is that the same kind of thing, or am I? I'm not very sophisticated the, at this, so hopefully that's not. No, a dumb that's question. that's that's a great question. Um, you know, and I haven't really thought about that before, but I think in that case, your best 
your best and safest thing to do would to be to not connect to that Wi-Fi and um, like use the data on your cell phone plan to make that transaction. Um, so if you can turn off your Wi-Fi and, and use like the mobile data for something like that, that would be a good way to make sure that, you know, you're not at risk of that information being exposed. And it's just, you know, a, a 30 second transaction. So it shouldn't take, you know, too mm -hmm. much data, but it will um, provide you some privacy there. Yeah. And in, in reality, I got it seems like every cellular company is given unlimited data plans mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. now. So yeah, I, I personally never use the Wi-Fi period. I'll just always use the, the cell yeah. data. But that's a it's a great. Right. I mean, it's even even if you had to pay 25 cents for that data, it's right. a It'd lot easier than, you know, uh, having to go through the identity theft uh, and, yes. and whatnot. And, and I actually, you know, and, and custodians and whatnot, like TD Ameritrade, they have a lot of the, you know, they, they also, you know, they have, they're getting attacked all the time, but there are a lot of, you know, precautions and, and you should never, you know, as an advisor, I'll never take an online or an email recommendation, you know, Hey, I need money or distribution. That's always going to be, you know, something I tell my clients, it's almost like two factor authentication. We, we need to hear it verbally and TD Ameritrade wants to, you know, makes us confirm that we heard it verbally. And, you know, I, I had a client one time who called me about seven o'clock at night said, you know, I, I clicked on a link and it was from my, yeah, it was for, sent from someone in my, my office and, and felt comfortable with it. And all of a sudden he started seeing, basically all is like right in front of him, all his data and, and all that. So, you know, in that case, you know, we, we called TD Ameritrade the first thing in the morning and said, Hey, listen, you know, put a flag on this account, put a freeze. And we're going to have to take a couple extra steps to get your money. But you know, the peace of mind he had there knowing that his retirement account, what was safe was huge with him. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, the other thing that, we get more and more of too is uh account takeovers from social media and, and you you mm -hmm. you talk about it in your training like okay someone took over my facebook account you know big deal you know i'm going to change my password i'm going to do this but how that can actually lead to you know uh you know people impersonating you and and scamming relatives or whatnot can you can you talk a little bit about social media scams and how those evolve Sure. So there are kind of two different types of social media exam number, scams. Number one is what you're saying, where there's actually an account takeover and they're able to get into your account um, and send messages and whatnot. But the one we see more likely is actually kind of account impersonation, I would call it, uh, where scammers go and they kind of scrape information off of your profile. So they'll take your profile picture and your name and your birth date. And they'll create a second account um, that looks just like you and they'll start friending your friends um, and then message in, message those people, you know, saying things like, you know, I had a friend who a, a Facebook friend who this happened to and the message that I got was like, uh oh, it was early on. Um, in the pandemic, like the first few months being like, oh, I got laid off and, you know, I'm struggling financially, um, you know, basically asking me to send them money. And, and I knew this person and I knew that they hadn't been laid off. Um, and so I was able to alert the person that their, their account had been um, kind of copied um, and they had to go through the process of 
telling Facebook and trying to get the account down. And it took a really, really long time um, for them to do that. So it's something we see a lot of. Um, I would say that the impersonation happens more frequently. Um, and all you can really do is report those accounts that come in. But if you start receiving messages from people that you know, appear to be your friend or you get friend requests from someone that you're already friends with, that should be a red flag that it might be a scammer or hacker who has kind of scraped that person's profile in order to kind of come after you and the other friends of that person. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that a lot on Facebook. Um, it's, it's almost like a bi-monthly event where um, people are calling me or texting me telling me that I just friend requested them. And I said, well, if you're not already a friend, then I don't want you to be, so don't click on it. Uh, but <laughs> Facebook is great at that. You know, their their security is horrible. Uh, obviously, I don't like Facebook, but that's what that's a big one. Uh, that happens to it seems to happen. I, I I seem to get a request every day from somebody that I'm already friends with trying to give me a friend request. Yeah. Oh, sorry to bring down the program. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Tommy, we were talking about before uh, the show uh, about, uh, well, how identity theft monitoring. But, Tommy, why, why don't you take, before we right. get into that, you've had a lot of questions about title theft, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, I, I probably get a, a couple of questions about it on a regular basis, at, uh, you know, weekly, monthly from people, hey, is that title lock product, Is it? are they worth it? Is it any good? Is it real? Same with credit locks. Uh, people are asking me, hey, is it worth whatever that number, $10, $11 a month to do? Um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know the answer. I just tell them, you have to be able to sleep at night. Uh, but Devin, maybe you can help us out on that one. What, uh, are they worth it? Uh, do they help? Sure. So I'm going to start with title fraud and title locking first. We do get that question a lot too. And I'll start by saying that uh, the number of successful scams with, with title insurance are, is very, very low. Now, when it does happen, it can be absolutely catastrophic. So like you're saying, you, you do have to be able to sleep at night. However, um, based on our research, kind of those title lock programs are almost never worth the money that you're paying. It doesn't actually protect you. There's nothing that a third party can do to protect your title. Um, now, the better way to protect yourself, and again, there's no foolproof way, unfortunately, but the steps you can take to hopefully help you sleep at night, number one, um, is freezing your credit. That's different than a credit lock, which we can talk about in a moment. But freezing your credit basically locks down your credit with the three credit bureaus with a pin. Um, no new credit can be issued in your name unless you lift the freeze by contacting them with your pin and saying, I want my credit to be open for X number of days. And then it automatically will close again. In our book and in our program, this is the number one step that we recommend everybody take to protect their identity. Because again, we're operating under the assumption that our information is out there. What can we do to protect ourselves? We can lock down and freeze our credit. Um, going back again to the title kind of fraud issue here, um, what you can do is regularly check your property deed status with your county. Again, you might have to set up reminders like in your calendar to do this every so often. There's no way to lock down um, your deed with your county. And that's really where this kind of title fraud would stem from. Um, this way, if you're checking regularly, hopefully you'll be able to catch something early if it does happen. Um, and again, you can check your county tax records every year too. If there is a fraud, it will it will show up there as well. Um, and again, you can monitor your utility bills too. Um, 
some a sign that something might be wrong with your home title is that if you stop receiving those bills in your name at your address. Um, I know we have a lot of you know, kind of online billing now, but making sure you're checking that and that they're coming to you um, and it looks legitimate and is secure, then um, it's the best way to do that. Unfortunately, um, there is no quick fix for this kind of F scam. There is, there are all those companies out there that say, yeah, you can lock down your title. They, they don't have the ability to do that. Um, and so honestly, it's kind of, they're just taking your money and maybe alerting you after the fact that something happened, um, but they're not going to prevent the theft from occurring. Similarly, I will say when people talk about credit locks or credit monitoring, um, now a lot of times people get this for free um, through like a, a breach that they were a victim to, and that's fine if you want to take advantage of that, but people should know that, again, these kinds of monitoring or credit locks aren't really stopping any sort of theft from occurring. They're alerting you after you have a problem and you still have to go in and clean up all that mess. And I know some companies will say that they give you, you know, X million dollars of protection if it does happen. Um, from our kind of research and anecdotal stories we've heard, it's very hard to get that money when you do fall victim to any sort of um, identity theft out there. And many times these companies don't actually alert you when you are part of a, a scam or a breach. So in our book, we have some kind of core actions that we recommend people take. Number one, again, is that credit freeze with the credit bureaus. That means nobody can get credit in your name. So even if all of your personal information is out there, if someone tries to apply for new credit, they're not going to be able to do that without the PIN. It's kind of like two-factor authentication for your, your credit report. And it's super easy to lift the freeze. I've had to do it before. Um, and it takes very little time and offers you a great level of protection. Another main thing we recommend people do is set up um, text alerts for the credit cards or their debit cards. Um, that way, you know anytime any money is leaving your account, any charge time a charge is made. So if you do see a text come through um, for you know a purchase you did not make, you can easily stop that fraud. We also recommend the two-factor authentication on all your personal accounts. Um, like we were talking about earlier, that way, if your password does get out there, um, you you are still protected. So there are many more actions we recommend in the book, but um, to keep things simple for people, if they want to get like the most bang for their buck of taking action, those three things are the are the three actions I would recommend um, you do first. Yeah, that that's awesome. I, I really like the uh, il, you know really paying attention to whether you're receiving the electrical bill and and a couple of buddies with mine in economic crimes actually said, you know, um, you know, those, those military, the, the programs that are, are locking down everything, even as economic crimes detectives and experts, they were not actually fans of it because they say once those things are activated, they do exactly what they do. And, and you can't, you're completely like frozen everywhere. And it's really becomes cumbersome to try to unwind that when, when you said already, it's a reactive, it's a reactive mm -hmm. measure, but then all of a sudden, you know, it's like almost an overkill. And now you're just completely financially, like it's a huge pain. And the other thing, and I don't know if you've have any, any opinion on this, but they actually said, you know, another way to protect yourself from home title. Yes, it comes at a cost of an interest rate, but is even carrying a small loan 
you know, not maybe maybe not paying off your entire mortgage, but keeping a twenty thousand dollar balance on it, um, because uh, you know obviously that's that's going to be the balance on the title. So, mm-hmm. you know, another food for thought there. Mm-hmm, definitely. You mean like a home equity line? Yeah, yeah. Just having some type of balance. Um, it, they didn't specifically. My friends have just always said, you know, have whether it's a second home loan or or whatnot, because the line, you know, technically is in a zero balance. Um, and hmm. you know, so whether it's not just you know not paying off your mortgage and just keeping the twenty thousand on there, or having the second loan, um, just because it's not an easy thing for them now to go. You know, it's it's not something that, you know, much like with creditor protection, you know, it's not just out there with no cost to the scammers. So um, another positive for the reverse mortgage, then. Yeah. So. Well, Devin, um, man, you've given us uh, so much great information. That 40 minutes absolutely flew by. Um, you know, we really thank you for taking the time and giving us, you know, giving our clients and, and our listeners a blueprint for, for success to protect their life savings and protect what they've earned. And, you know, folks, if you got to that point, you know, Devin just gave it to you, you know, it's not hard to do, you know, freeze the credit and start protecting yourself. But, you know, we can only tell you so much. We can only get, you know, bring on experts like Devin to, to tell you how you can do it. You have to do it, though. And you have to be and you know, pro- proactive. Get Devin's book. Yeah. Get yeah. Devin's book. Go and on. Am- I'm assuming it's on Amazon, Devin. It is. Yes, it is. Yes. Phenomenal yeah. reviews. Well- um, Why don't you give out that title again? Well, if you let me talk, I would. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So Tommy's so so excited about the book. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon. It's Hack Proof Your Life Now by Devin Crop. That's K R O P P, and Sean Bailey. Um, it's a phenomenal read. It's a, definitely an affordable book, worthwhile. And um, you know, Devin, I appreciate all you do for for us and uh thank you for coming on the show thanks, thanks. it's great to be here thanks for having me all right folks Hope well you had fun yeah i did yeah i'm sure it's a blast um <laughs> everybody you know she was she was equally as excited as aaron was to get our email request to come on the show um so folks um you know as we get into tax season be you know be mindful of the IRS Be vigilant. Uh, scammers. And, you know, I, again, like Tommy said, a lot of stuff, you know, mail fraud is, is still very, st- still very prevalent. So, you know, if you can take advantage of the ID me system with social security or, uh, or with the IRS, I should say, do it and, and e-file. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of good information but it's only as good as you taking action on it. And our next episode, Tommy, is going to kind of piggyback on this. We're going to start talking about some elder abuse, and we're going to have a former prosecutor from the uh, San Diego County DA's office that's going to help uh, talk about elder abuse and elder abuse scams. So um, we're really looking forward to that next one. And, uh, again, many thanks, Devin, for coming on to the show. It was a phenomenal show. And any last closing words, uh, Devin or Tommy? 
I would just say, you know, go, like I said, the book is on Amazon. We covered a lot here today, but the book will kind of walk you through the actions you can take to really protect yourself. And when we wrote the book, we wrote it for everyday people, right? You don't have to be a tech expert to take these actions. We wanted it to be really approachable for everyone. So don't be intimidated. Um, start taking action now and take your cybersecurity into your own hands. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. 200 pages of gold, absolute gold. And, and you know, you talk about accounts, whether... Um, you know, it's Equifax or, or Google or, or Gmail accounts. So you really, you really do simplify for people. So, um, all right. Well, Tommy, that's a wrap. Um, awesome. Thank you, Devin. Thank you. All right. So folks, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's, uh, podcast until the next time retire happy. Take care folks. It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973-394-0623. That's 973-394-0623. And online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subjects covered.